1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fagg with me as always,
2: Jack Manuel
1: and Jack, part two of the mailbag.
2: Part two of the mailbag, Nick Clarkson thinks we need more rebounding day. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he liked your tweet about that. Obviously, uh, something interesting to see the players interact on certain comments, but we're going to jump into some questions, but make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do you want to start?
2: I want to give context to that first because I think it's worthwhile because it's what we discussed in part one of the mailbags. Make sure you go check that out before you listen to this. But I posted a meme of this dude getting kicked in the groin relentlessly. And I'm like, Nick Claxton, or like the Nets having to rebound next season, something like that. And people start like quote tweeting it in the replies, like, oh my God, Nick Claxton agrees with this and liked it. I'm like, and I look, I'm like, oh, Claxton 33. That's Nick Claxton. I follow him. So that's something, Nick. I think that. I don't know if Clax is listening to the buzz or looking <laughs> around what's on Twitter or something, but it shows that I think rebounding is going to be you know, pretty key for not only us fans and what we think, but even the guy who's probably going to have the bear of the responsibility on his shoulders, Nick Claxton himself.
1: Yeah. And I think it kind of gets to what we talked about a little bit on the previous podcast is like, it's not just on Klax. You know what I mean? And I think he, It kind of looks like he wants some help out there. You know, obviously, if it's a struggle and he's liking tweets like that, obviously, he kind of has similar vibes. It'll be interesting to see how the team kind of reacts. And maybe as we talked about changing some of the balance in terms of transition and team rebounding, but also, you know, the possibility of adding another player or just, you know, playing maybe bigger lineups and trying to help him out down there.
2: Yeah, definitely just go check out the last episode where you dived super deep into it. It was a really fun discussion. But we're going to have any more fun discussions. And I've got UK Nets fans, Nick. If you're not following those guys, make sure you are. They do great, uh, great, great content in the Northern Hemisphere out in the UK. They uh, they asked two questions. One, who are the standouts from the new batch of signings the Nets have made? You, you sort of put this out on Twitter as well, Nick. And we can sort of address your question as well. What did you put out there? I think it's a good way to sort of tackle this when it comes to the net signings of May with DSJ, Lonnie Walker, Darius Baisley, and the like.
1: Yeah, I put out a question, which net will play the biggest role next season? And obviously, like you mentioned, it was DSJ, Darius Baisley, Lonnie Walker, also included Jalen Wilson. Um, It was honestly pretty split between DSJ and Lonnie Walker. You know, I think a lot of people talked about Lonnie Walker and, you know, his potential scoring and then obviously DSJ being kind of that backup point guard. But for me, I think Lonnie Walker is the safest bet here. Just given the Nets are going to need his offense, they're going to need that offensive pop, especially with some of you know the liabilities they have on that end of the floor, and also some of the lack of spacing. There's an opportunity for him to really showcase his game. He was a guy that has had big moments in big games, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And probably maybe his biggest role, or maybe most important role. You know, with the Spurs, his his minutes were kind of all over the place. And last year with the Lakers, he was kind of in and out of the lineup in the second half of the year. You know, if he gets a good spot in the rotation and has a consistent role, you know, it could be a career year for him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously the scoring is the thing that'll pop the athleticism and with DSJ, the high level defense will just fit into yeah. the identity. And that's the second sort of question that UK Nets fans had for us. So I think that those two guys are good to go from. And I think Darius Baisley's role could not in, increase if the Nets yeah. move one of Royce or or DFS. But we also have heard or he has a big with-
1: impact on the boards. You know, if he's because he has more you know athleticism and length than those two guys that he can really maybe make a role for himself doing something like that
2: yeah no absolutely and i think that we've heard from michael bridges and little things here or there about the fact that the team looks to be somewhat set in stone so yeah. that's something you may be read into a little bit but i think Mikhail isn't Kevin Durant. I don't think his yeah. imprint on the team isn't as great as sort of you would with the, the sort of prime A superstars. But in saying that, you know, there'd be conversations that would have been had with him and Sean Marks, Joe Sy and the like. But yeah, you can make an argument for any of them really, Nick. Probably lesser to Darius Baisley, as I alluded to, if DFS or, and or Royce are moved, then you can sort of make a greater argument for him. And I think one of those should be moved or will be yeah. moved by, by February. And if they aren't, part of me would be not disappointed but be surprised and it's sort of like the Seth Curry thing all over again but that's a discussion for another day but yeah I think that you can make a credible argument for it even because DSJ and Charlotte last year turned himself into you know an all defensive level guard Lonnie Walker those games uh, that one game in particular against Golden State you know 15 points in a goddamn quarter you know we've got Cam Thomas in in that sort of version as well I think that if sure if as currently constructed your best offensive creators individually are Lonnie Walker and Cam Thomas probably you throw in Mikael Bridges obviously for that Cam Johnson and stuff but I think that Jacques Four needs to be clever in the way you can utilize both of those guys you know maybe don't put them out at the same time maybe stagger them a little bit maybe align Cam a bit more with the the stars and such and see how he can flourish there because I think Spence obviously can create for himself a little bit too but i do I just think that you know he's his ceiling isn't as high. He's not necessarily a microwave scorer, and I think his style is different in terms of I want him to get to the line ten times and and be relentless in that sort of fashion, whereas I think the three level ish scoring from Cam and Lonnie is something that the Nets can and should utilize.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like 2.5 level scores. You know, they kind of showcase, you know, at different times they can score from here or there. You know, Lonnie Walker, I think, is a little bit more inconsistent across the board where you feel pretty confident with Cam in the mid-range, and then it's just kind of, you know, finishing and three-point stuff. But like you said, it'll be interesting to see the combination of those players and like, you know, which guy works best with Spencer Nuity. You know, that could be something too, and maybe that'll help, you know, Spencer play better if his offensive load is lessened as well. I think the interesting thing about Dennis Smith Jr., that's just something to kind of keep an eye on is like. How healthy is Ben Simmons? How impactful is Ben Simmons? Because Ben kind of could eat into his role a little bit, you know, if he's that point of attack defender and also another creator and runs that second unit. So I think Ben Simmons is going to play a huge role in terms of impacting certain guys in their role on this team
2: because he's such a mystery. Yeah, he really is. And I think when it comes to, to Ben Simmons as well. He lost a little bit defensive when it came to the point of attack last year. So whether he can regain that, because I think that's the hardest thing to sort of have as a defensive And especially it's
1: the most like damaged by an injury. You know, it's kind of a question of, you know, how much was he just not in shape last year and not feeling himself and how much of it is like a long-term lingering thing.
2: Yeah. Something to, to certainly keep an eye on. And there's been plenty of chatter around him, which has been positive at least from his teammates and stuff, you know, Mikhail Bridges out yeah. with Paul George is something everyone should have a listen to, which is positive. But again, we want to see it, you know, actually to speak louder than words, but.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: The second question...
1: Well, quick question, that question next- Jack. Sorry, I know this is off topic, but in regards to that you know, podcast with Paul Paul George and Mikel's comments, do you feel like Mikel could be like the ideal teammate to kind of help Ben get back on track? Or do you think that he's too nice?
2: No, I think that, yeah, that it's sort of like you've got Kevin Durant who seems introverted and sort of keeps to himself a little bit then you've got mikhail bridges who's maybe the nice guy in the nba and you sort of want that person who's sort of in the middle where mm-hmm. you can sort of like have accountability but also you know motivate at the same time sort of you know have the balance between good cop and bad cop i think mikhail bridges is better to have than like a sort of kd and you know, Katie's, a, a lot of his sort of communication, Kyrie was just like, he's a grown man, he'll do his own thing and he'll take yeah. care of himself. Whereas what we're hearing, Spencer, Mikhail, all these other sort of people, whenever they're speaking to the media, Ben Simmons is getting mentioned. It's not they're yeah. getting asked about him all of the time. They're bringing him up at will. So Paul George believes him as well. And Paul George is certainly you know a guy wow. who is a very credible when it comes to superstars in this league. But yeah, I think it's, it's something Nick. I think it's probably maybe the best version of an environment to cultivate a sense of comfort for him that maybe Ben Simmons does need. But I also think that I, I, I sympathize somewhat with Katie. Like this dude's like he's mid twenties, late twenties. He's a grown man. Take care of yourself. Do you think you're going to pay tens, 20, $30 million dollars to play basketball? Come on, mate, let's do it. So I think that, both things and all things can be true but i think this is probably better for ben himself at least at this point in
1: time yes
2: yeah like where where you're coming back from something you probably need that sort of nurturing style that sort of thing rather than like hey man when you get back when you get back when you get back you're in the group text and you know Mikael bridges is saying that you know he's the one that's been most active in the group chats and stuff so that's positive but again it's all chatter until we see it nick and i'm really hopeful that it can happen. You know, obviously the connection that I personally have to Ben Simmons being, you know, one of our great Aussie products when it comes to uh, basketball internationally, but it's just, it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery.
1: Again, like you said, it has to happen on the floor. You can do all the right things and we've seen this kind of show before and it hasn't really led to anything, but on to the next mailbag question.
2: Next mailbag question. The second part to UK Nets fans was asking about the identity of the Nets in the 2023-24 season, Nick. We've mentioned this in passing and I think that, We've mentioned this probably in our free agency shows as well, given the nature of the signings that have happened. What do you think the identity will be next season for the Brooklyn Nestle?
1: I think they will be a defensive minded team, you know, especially utilizing a lot of their defensive talent. You know, we talked about Nick Claxton, Mikel Bridges, potentially Ben Simmons, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., you know, Cam Johnson solid. Dorian Finney-Smith's a good defender. Royce O'Neal solid. So you look at all those guys and then I think offensively they're going to look to really push in transition. They're going to look to catch the defense sleeping because they're so athletic and so young they're going to play with a ton of energy and just constantly kind of put pressure on the rim and that's so much easier to do when the defense isn't set up especially given some of the lack of spacing on this team and I think they're just going to play fast and hard like they're it's it's going to be a, a fun team to watch but there's also going to be nights that are really tough because they don't necessarily have that offensive pop and that's where they're going to really need a Cam Thomas, a Lonnie Walker, you know Mikel Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, those guys that just have big nights and carry the offensive load because on a night-to-night basis it feels like they're going to really try to get a lot of their opportunities in transition or semi-transition and play off of their defense where they could be a a top seven defense because of the talent they have and just also I think the buy-in you'll get from this team.
2: Yeah, I think defense, obviously you look at the measurements and wingspan of all the guys that the Nets have signed, including Alonnie Walker. It seems to me that sort of young upside athleticism is something that the Nets are buying into in terms of their identity next season. At the very least, all the guys that have been signed to vet minimums, guaranteed, non-guaranteed, and, and the like. So defense is obviously going to be a thing. The Nets were like 12th or something like that yeah. when McHale and Cam came over, I think, with time. And they were and learning on more- the fly. Exactly, and, and all those guys did say that and to still finish 12th was, was something and I think Nick Claxton by himself gives you a top 10 defense and he's throwing Mikhail Bridges, one of the best isolation one-on-one defenders in the NBA. I think he, the offensive load for him, I think he was a little bit lesser than his reputation is, but if there can be a greater balance and maybe some offensive load taken from him, then I think the Nets can easily be top 10. I'd be disappointed if they're not. Yeah, I think top eight, top six, you know, those are the sort of ceilings that you, you want to look for. But at the same time, you know, what are you doing on the other end of the floor? It's sort of like, is it the Toronto Raptors in seasons past where they can't generate anything in, in the half court, so they've really got to prioritize You know the defense so they can get easy opportunities in transition. And that's where you know the likes of DSJ, the likes of Darius Basley, the likes of Lonnie Walker, the likes of all the athleticists in the Nets do have Ben Simmons as well, despite some of the numbers from last year. That's where the Nets will look good. So in saying all that, can they do that? Yeah, if they are a top, if they are an elite defensive team, they're top five. Then that'll almost help the offense be yeah. average-ish. Like that'll that'll lift it from being say like twentieth to sixteenth, fifteenth. So it's both things will feed each other, but defense will certainly be at the forefront.
1: Yeah, and I think offensively too, like I mentioned, a lot of rim pressure, a lot of driving kicks. You know, we know Jock Vaughn wants to do things like that. We know he wants to put up a lot of threes. So like talking about even getting back to one of the previous questions, like whoever can shoot a good rate from three is going to have an opportunity to play because there's going to be open shots. And even I think... Even that gives Jalen Wilson a bigger shot than maybe initially anticipated because he was so successful in summer league, and even maybe Cam Thomas can build off of some success. He's been really hot and cold, but that's where you look at different opportunities because they're going to generate three-point looks. It's just a matter of like, can they knock him down? Even looking at Dorian Finney-Smith, did not shoot well when he joined Brooklyn, but his previous numbers, you know, in other seasons have been okay. And if he could get back close, broken to his...
2: didn't he have finger? Wrist... Yeah, he broke his
1: finger like midway through, but even still, you know the first couple games he had a couple like oh of 7s you know what I mean if he can just shoot like close to his average for the Nets consistently that would make a difference because there were looks for them for looks to be had
2: yeah and, and I think that a lot of people have made note of Seth Curry Joe Harris Patty Mills leaving and the three-point shooting going out the door and I think that is worthwhile mentioning but I don't think in terms of talent and contributions on the court I think that they're defensive liabilities being replaced by the likes of young guys dsj lonnie walker Darius space these sort of guys it sort of just rounds out the team to be a bit more well-rounded for lack of a better better term so look there are going to be more hustle and
1: energy plays just because they're young and athletic like there's like all of those guys are substantially faster than the other three guys. And it's, it's basketball, you know, it's not like a sport like baseball or something where speed doesn't matter. I think at times. And then for the nets, the last couple of seasons, they've been slow. So like having a team that should just get out and run, especially during the drag of the regular season is going to be fun.
2: Yeah. A couple of wins here or there, some extra points here or there. And I think that, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it does pan out, Nick. It'll be intriguing to see how things work into themselves and you know, the steps up that Mikhail makes and obviously the big question mark with with Ben Simmons. But a final one, Nick, and we've still got plenty to go, through. So we might have to go into part three, but Michael Zuckerman asked two questions, and I want to finish with this one. He said, hey, guys, Nets are still rounding out this mediocre team and have yet to sign a big man. Who would you like to see them go after via trade or free agency now? Some people have sort of alluded to that the Nets don't make moves later into free agency, but there's also been a track record of, of Sean Marks, you know, signing a few guys here or yeah. there, you know, late July, early August, those sort of things. So I think that there might be a signing here or there. I think there's a roster spot that could be open. Obviously the Damien Lillard stuff I think is leaving the Nets somewhat in limbo, but the more that I see it and hear about it, the less enthused I am about the Nets getting Tyler Hero, which leaves me somewhat disappointed. But I think my ideal, literally, Nick, is Tyler Hero. I don't care about getting another rebounding big man. I want to get the most talented player that the Nets could acquire, and Tyler Hero is that. And I'm not as, yeah, higher, not necessarily higher, but I don't as optimistic on the Nets' chances of doing so because of how long this is dragging out. Because. It seems to me that if the Nets were like, yeah, we'll throw in that first or whichever first that we've sort of talked about on previous episodes, maybe this would be done. But it seems to me that the Nets are holding out and maybe they're prioritizing Spencer Dimwitty and the loyalty towards him than throwing him in a deal to offset some money to allow the Nets to stay under the tax if they were to acquire Tyler Hero. So, look, Christian Wood is obviously out there. That's the name that probably makes the most sense. But to me, Tyler Hero in a trade, do it right now.
1: Yeah, I think realistically, he's the most talented player you'd acquire, you know, in the end of July or August, you know, you're probably not going to see a blockbuster trade for a star, you know, if the Nets were really to make a crazy, you know, acquisition would probably be the trade deadline or really more realistically next offseason. But like you said, Tyler Hero, easily the most talented guy. And I think I haven't really you know, changed my views. I think there's still a potential the Nets could land him. I think Portland is really just dragging it out. You know, they want to get the best from Miami. And who really knows what's on the board and how much Tyler Hero is truly impacting the whole kind of, you know, discussion. Because much as we know, you know, Miami's lowballing them right now and they're not getting the best offer. So we'll see what happens with that. But like you said, Christian Wood could be a guy that could have an impact. Um, we have talked about different guys in terms of trade like Kelly O'Linick or Bobby Portish or somebody like that, a veteran forward or stretch big that could really, you know, give the net some flexibility to play someone alongside Klax and give them some help on the boards and just have another big out there, and also somebody to play alongside Ben. So I think any kind of veteran stretch big that could come off the bench. You know, we're not talking about making a star trade, but if it was just a solid guy that can shoot a three and be okay defensively and okay on the boards would have a huge impact on the Nets because it would open up so many different lineups and potentially open up a lot of spacing, which could be a huge question mark for this team.
2: Yeah, I think Nick Claxon would like that tweet, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I think he would. But, Jack, anything else we're getting out of here? No, nah, we're going to get to part three soon, though, Nick. Thank you for all the questions. It's always a blast getting you guys involved. And if there is... Anytime, anything you want us to chat about, you know, our DMs are open at Jack Manuel and at Nick underscore Fay underscore. So hit us up. You know, we've got plenty of stuff like under the rumbling and we might have to take like mini breaks here or there. The episodes might not be as regular, but we'll still pop in for one a week, if not maybe more. So we appreciate all the interaction as always. And we'll be back with part three soon. 100%. Big thanks, everybody, for listening.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?